Before we get started with today's episode, if you resonate with any of the topics discussed during the podcast, you will love my six-week Set Your Mind to It one-on-one coaching program. This program is designed to give you the support you need to help find your purpose and redirect your life so that you can create the life of your dreams. Head over to my Instagram at Michaela Campbell or click on the link in the show notes to head to my website where you can book in a free one-on-one coaching call to find out more about how I can support you to create your dream life. Hi, and welcome to episode 47 of Set Your Mind to It with Michaela Campbell. This is a podcast where I share personal tips, life experiences, and advice to help like-minded, ambitious young people set their mind to it and achieve their goals. So welcome back for another episode. I am a day late. I'm just going to put it out there on this one in case you are a dedicated listener and listening to this regularly. Apologies. I've got no excuse. I'm not even going to make one, but I'm just showing up and trying to let myself off the hook for not showing up perfectly, being a day late and just trying to give myself a little bit of compassion say that that's okay. I'm still here. I'm still sitting down. I've managed to procrastinate. I need to listen to my old episodes on procrastination because I've probably put this off for the past two hours. But in saying that, I actually have used the time to do other business related things. So in saying that, if you like these things that are mentioned in the podcast episode, you should check out the coaching stuff I'm doing because I am putting a lot of energy into that and trying to curate something really special that has a really big impact. But I am in the depths of it all and just trying to figure it out at the moment and feel like it's that sink or swim and I'm barely staying afloat (laughs) in a good way. Like there's a little float is on me, but it's still hard work. <laughs> but anyways, that's where I'm at to at the moment. And I had quite a few ideas for today, even though I put this off for a while. But I think I want to talk about dealing with the quarter life crisis, because this is a topic that I have spoken to a lot of people face to face. Like I've had conversations with people about this ridiculous path that is lined out for everyone by society and it honestly is something I've become really passionate about because I can see so many people that are in the same situation of having this feeling of a quarter life crisis anywhere in their 20s and yes people have a midlife crisis and I'll probably touch on that too but I think this feeling of a quarter life crisis is becoming more and more prevalent because there's more and more options like it's not a bad thing But I want to use this episode to try and encourage people to step outside their comfort zone to break past that barrier of the crisis. Like I'm going to explain what I think the crisis is, but then I also want to kind of describe what my solution has been. Because the only reason I'm speaking about this is because it's a life experience of mine and it's very much what I've been going through for the past year, I think has been a whole quarter life crisis. I don't feel like I'm in crisis mode at the moment. I feel like I've course corrected, made change, but I don't feel like I'm at the end goal where I'm like so satisfied with where I'm at that I'm like, yes, I have fulfilled my purpose, which by the way, I don't think that's ever going to be a thing. I think there's always going to be more to do. I'll probably be one of those people who doesn't retire, 
which is crazy just saying that now. But basically what I'm thinking when I say that is that I want to do something that doesn't feel like work so that I don't want to so that I can continue to contribute and have an impact and give back to society because I know I'm someone who doesn't enjoy doing nothing. That's one thing I'm really grateful for about COVID and having isolation because in that weeks and weeks of having nothing work-related to do and having not much study left to do either, I realized that I actually do like doing things. I do like working. I do like learning. Even though I tell everyone that I speak to about university, I tell them I don't like studying. I didn't like studying probably because of what I picked to study. It wasn't something I was super, super passionate about. I was interested, but there's a massive difference between interested and passionate. I'm so passionate about mindset and improving the quality of your life and like achieving that kind of one element of that peak performance in all areas of your life and self-improvement but then also finding that peacefulness and being content with where you are and feeling satisfied so I'm obsessed with learning about that and I love learning about that but that's very different to learning a set university course so that kind of ties me into where I want to start with what I believe is the current quarter life crisis that a lot of people that I know and maybe I'm a bit biased maybe my social circles reflect this because I have people that have been in similar situations to me but I can only speak from my point of view and hope that maybe someone relates to this and I have a feeling they will because I already know some people that have had this conversation and I know they're in these shoes But what I have observed and what I have experienced myself is for the quarter life crisis, society tells us there is a pathway to follow that will lead to your happiness and your success. And that's just how you do it. And you'll be happy. (laughs) And it's not true. So (laughs) basically from the time we're born, we go through school, we do 13 years roughly of education, maybe a little bit less. And then after school, society highly encourages you to either get a tertiary education or do an apprenticeship for a trade and then after you've done some kind of training so basically train for a couple of years to get a job that will then pay a bit better because you've done more training and again this isn't the pathway for everyone like I know there's a lot of jobs you can get straight into but it is laid out by society that for like success go train for a couple of years then you do that job and then with that job during this time you probably be like early 20s so you start focusing on climbing the corporate ladder or you know working your way up seniority at whichever company you're working for and probably while you're doing that start to look for a partner and then while you're still working and getting promoted at work you're probably going to get engaged and also you should have been saving this whole time because now you've got a good job so also you maybe should have a house by now you should also probably get married. So now we're probably up to like mid-20s to late 20s, coming up to 30s. And I'm going to kind of come back around to the quarter-life crisis. But basically what happens is you get married, have the kids, and then then what? By this point, you've climbed the ladder at work. You've had the family. You've got the house. You're probably in your mid to late 30s by the point that you know, you've gotten through having a couple of kids and they're probably, you know, youngish still. 
And that's where the midlife crisis comes in, right? Because all of a sudden, this pathway that society has set out ends. Just ends. There's been a step for every single part of your life, every year. There's been something that society has told you you should focus on. And the amount of like movies that are based on like a midlife crisis, divorces that happen around this point, people changing careers, because guess what? They get to that point and realize, fuck, there's no more steps left and I'm still not happy because people chase this pathway that's laid out for them in the hope that it will give them some kind of satisfaction because it's what everyone else has done in prior years and previous generations and they were happy and they were content but they also didn't have as many options back then like we're super lucky now but it also means when we have more options we have a lot more discontent and that can definitely be a negative thing but you can also utilize it to be a really positive thing if you're brave enough to pursue the choice that is your passion that makes you light up from within so basically that's my take on why we get to a midlife crisis right because you get to the end of all these steps and there's nothing left but rewind the quarter life crisis is realizing ahead of the midlife crisis that I can see exactly where this is going I think we've got a lot of awareness now we can see we've got social media we've got so many ways to see where that job's going to go or how that person's life looks down the track because we're able to share so much in this day and age which again it's not a bad thing well it can be but you know it just means we have a lot more visibility for where our lives are going to go and often we get smacked in the face with this realization in mid-20s because we're now working in our careers that we've spent a couple of years training for and a lot of us are realizing at this point that I kind of like, I don't mind this job. It's not that people are hating their jobs, mind you. This quarter life crisis that's happening around like the 20s is, I know I'm doing a good job. I'm comfortable, but I'm not passionate. I'm not lit up from within. And as humans, we're designed, like I talked about it last week, our six human needs. It's growth and contribution are like those spiritual needs. When we realize that we're in a job that... We may or may not be contributing in a big impactful way. We're just doing something that we thought we might like. So we're not contributing in a way that's like uniquely us. We're also not growing because we can see exactly where we might be going. And it's probably a relatively easy pathway. Like it's a career path that's been laid out. And there's not a lot of challenge. There's not a lot of growth with that. And Look, there's going to be some people that this doesn't resonate for because not everyone's having a quarter life crisis, but I'm going to bet money on the fact that if you're listening to this, you're into mindset, you're driven, you like setting your mind to things and achieving it, then this might hit home for you. You might go, oh, yeah, I actually do like the challenge. And I was having this discussion tonight about, I kind of thought that I don't like challenge, but it would appear that I do. And I think if you're listening, you probably do too, because challenge creates growth right and for me I know that I like the feeling of achieving a goal so I like the satisfaction and the feeling that comes with being dedicated to something and finally getting it I like that pursuit and I thought oh well I don't like the challenge but I like getting there but we've all heard the saying it's about the journey not the destination 
And I think I had that realization that, oh no, I probably do enjoy the journey because as soon as I got into working as a physio, so that's, if you've listened to my other episodes, I started working as a physio, probably been doing it for a year and a half now. And within eight months of working as a private practice physio, I was miserable. (laughs) I could see exactly where my career path was going to go. I could try and get another private practice job, but I was like, it's a very clear career progression there. You can try and become a more senior physio. You can try and skill up. You can do further training, maybe do your master's in like musculoskeletal physio. And it's the same for any other job. There's always further training you can do to up level, become a bit more senior, maybe become the manager of people in your team. And I like the idea of managing a team, but for me, progressing in my career in that way, in something that I wasn't really truly lit up about, it wasn't super exciting. And I was like, is this all it is? Like I've been working in my job and this can't be it. Like I'm not enjoying it like so much that I've always wanted work to not feel like work. And I remember I've got a lot of different reference points for this, which is really cool, I guess. But when I was working as a personal trainer, I only got that qualification finally finished towards like the third year of uni. And I started working in it at the end of my third year of physio And I remember saying so many times to so many people being like, I'm loving physio, not physio, I'm loving PT because it doesn't feel like work. I was sometimes doing outdoor sessions, sometimes indoor sessions, but I love training. I love weightlifting, still do. Like I've done it for years and years now. I love exercise. I love the benefit it has for your mental health, for how you feel, the health benefits, obviously. And I loved being that person to support others in that endeavor because I had knowledge, I had skills in the gym that I was at. I felt like I was really knowledgeable. And that's a big part of feeling satisfied is that as humans, we need to feel like we're competent to get job satisfaction, but we also need to know that we're growing. So there's this fine balance of like, you want to keep on getting better and better so that you have that feeling of competency so that you feel fulfilled and satisfied that you're good at what you do. You know, you've got faith in yourself and You can walk away being like, yeah, I did a good job. That's how I felt as a personal trainer. I was like, yeah, I know I'm doing a good job. I know my stuff. I'm able to really help these ladies. Like I'm providing a service of value. But then on the other hand, you also want to make sure that you're doing something that in terms of career leads to growth because otherwise you stagnate and then you start to wonder, okay, but what else? We get bored. We get restless. We look to ways to numb ourselves. We find other things that are more exciting to help numb the fact that we're not loving our job. So we go out and drink or eat or we watch Netflix all the time or do a whole range of habits that don't serve us just to avoid the fact that we're not really, really, truly happy. And this is the thing where that's the example. That's what I think I have observed time and time again in people going through kind of like a quarter life crisis, like reevaluating what they want from their life, what they enjoy doing, realizing that they're in a good job. There's nothing wrong with it. They could continue to do it for the rest of their lives. But there's just that little thing in your back of your brain, like, but what else is there? Like, I want more. And I also had another realization the other day when I was doing some coaching about this whole thought I have about being selfish 
and how I need to definitely work on that. But I feel like this would be a really relatable thought and limiting belief that a lot of us probably have is that it's bad to want more. Like, how dare we? Because we're told by society, don't be ungrateful, be happy with what you have. And like there is 100% got to be an element of gratitude and appreciation because I'm not denying the fact that we are all like, if you're listening to this means you've got a device that means you can listen to a podcast. So it means you're not in a third world country. You're doing okay. Like we have so much to be grateful for and I'm not dismissing that fact, but it's being grateful for what you have and still wanting more and that being okay. I'm still coming to terms and like letting this realization integrate and really sink in because for me, this has been a really hard one that I'm still struggling with and grappling with of like, I could be very happy with like a physio job is a good job. There's lots of possibilities of where I could take it, different settings I could work in, plenty of career growth and I could continue to learn and I could find all the things I need out of it. I'm helping people still. I'm able to grow all of those things. It's still in my area of interest, but it's just still that little bit lackluster. Like I enjoy it, but I'm not passionate. And like, that's still a difference. That's still a distinction. And that still matters. I'm not saying that I hate it. And I think that's really important to recognize. You don't have to hate your job to want to do something more, to want to do something different, to want more, to have more. And I've really struggled with this idea of abundance and I've got this really beautiful idea of the life that I want. Like I can see it. I haven't like specifically sat down to like write it all out because I can't even like put it into words. I've always been a very visual person, but in my head, I've just got this idea of this life. I've got a house by the beach. Even just saying this is going to be random because I haven't done anything to like make this concrete, but I always envision myself having a really beautiful beachside house and like couple of stories like I've gotten abundant very very abundant idea of what I want my life to end up like I want to be right on the beach like see the ocean balcony over the ocean kind of vibe and I want to be able to travel I want to have enough money and the freedom and I really want to be location independent which is one of the reasons I want to do coaching because I can work from anywhere I can do it online from a laptop I want to be able to travel overseas but I also want to be able to travel Australia I love experiences. I love activities. I love doing things. I have learned that I do not like being stuck in one spot doing nothing in front of a TV. It just doesn't light my soul on fire. And I want to do stuff that I've only got one life. Like I want to enjoy it. I want to do things that are fun, but trying to then justify having this life where I want to do things that I, in my head, deem selfish in terms of having a really nice house, having like a nice car, And maybe even having like some toys to play with in terms of like out on the water. Like I want to buy a surfboard and then maybe one day down the track, wouldn't it be nice to have a jet ski? Like these are all very materialistic things that I really grappled with because I'm like, I shouldn't want them to be happy. And this is the thing. It's not saying that these will make me happy, but I was having a chat with my coach and it was just this realization. I'm still probably fully trying to accept it because it's such a deep rooted belief but it's okay to want those things because I am really clear on what my values are I value growth connection peace happiness 
and I think it's not joy, but something along those lines. Um, maybe fun or playfulness or something like that. I should know <laughs> my values. But basically, the realization for me was that all of those things, the experiences I want that I want, the lifestyle that I want to create, the activities that I want to do, I'm quite clear on them. It's all around activities and experiences, but also just like a comfortable lifestyle. They all contribute to my values of connection. Like when I think of a big house overlooking the ocean, I also think of having friends and family over and hosting and entertaining and having a drink on a Friday evening and looking out over the sunset. Like I want to be the one that hosts. I want to be able to be generous and having that lifestyle and that place that feels cozy and homelike and that people want to come over to. So that serves my sense of connection. So even though it's like a materialistic want, they all tend to tie back into my values. And this was a really big realization because then my other ones of like I want to travel I want to experience new things I want to be able to work from anywhere I was trying to think well it's a bit selfish to want to travel all the time but it's because I've realized I've done a bit of travel like solo travel now and every time I do it I get this ridiculous sense of peace and contentment satisfaction one of my values is peace so that's massive I also get a feeling of well, there's that aspect of like connection with nature, but I also get time. Oh, that's my other value, growth. How could I forget? It literally undermines everything I do. When I go away on like solo trips and I have more time on my hands, but just because I'm disconnecting a bit more and prioritizing these things, I then spend more time meditating, being mindful, reading books, listening to podcasts, getting out in nature, being present, all of these things that contribute to growth. I'm also getting outside of my comfort zone, doing new things, trying new things, meeting new people, all like every single one of them. And even just saying it out loud, like excites me. It's like all of those things are around growth. So yes, I want to travel and have experiences and try and do new things, but it all comes back to growth and peace and then connection, like meeting new people. And then all of those things, once all those values are met, then I feel happiness and peace and they're my values. And so it's like, shit, like that's not selfish to want to make sure that my own core values are met and kudos to me for knowing what activities and what things that I like doing, like being by the beach for me is a massive one for like peace, connection, happiness, like all of it. So knowing what things that I can do to meet those needs is actually an excellent thing. That puts me like a step ahead, really, if I really think about it, because I know what I need to do to make sure that my values are met on a regular basis. I've got a clear idea of how to do it. And here I am beating myself up for thinking it's selfish. No, (laughs) like just no, it's such a deep rooted belief. I'm definitely going to need to, oh, and journaling. How could I forget that? That's another thing that when I'm traveling, have more time or I make more time to do. It's still something I need to journal out, but even just saying it out loud, you guys are getting this all for the first time. I haven't actually written it down anywhere. So hopefully this has come out with some coherence, but I wrote it out a tiny bit, but not a lot. 
I think sometimes talking can be a really good way to get things processed as well though so sorry to you guys for having to be at the mercy while I process it but sometimes I think it can be really relatable to hear someone process this in like in the process (laughs) like while they're going through it while they're in the trenches so basically all of that's to say I had this massive realization that everything that I want isn't selfish or if it is it actually so what it might be selfish but it's for a greater reason a greater good a higher impact because once all my values are met then I'm going to show up better I'm going to have a clearer mind a more positive mindset show up with an abundance more to share more to give and then I'll be able to have an even bigger impact and at the end of the day I want to contribute I want to help people like I know that's what makes me feel good I know that my passion is mindset so then I can tie that in and do mindset coaching and basically all of that to say I've kind of gone on a little tangent there but my quarter life crisis was coming to the point realizing that all the things they all kind of coincided right so I realized that I knew I wanted to live this lifestyle I didn't know I still thought it was selfish I didn't realize it I actually wanted to do all of these things like travel and adventure and experiences and live by the beach. I didn't know that was because they all really did connect to my values. I just thought those were things that I wanted to do because I wanted them. Whereas now it's almost like I need them to feel fulfilled, to make sure that I'm looked after. Really, I need those things to fill up my own cup. So I encourage you to figure out what fills up your cup. But knowing all those things then prompted me to go, well... I don't love physio like I enjoy it I do because I love working with people so once I got a hospital job I didn't love private practice that was not for me once I got a hospital job and went through the process of trying out home visiting also not for me because again I love being with people very much an extrovert through and through (laughs) couldn't sit in the car by myself all day it just was sad (laughs) I do like being on my own don't get me wrong but just I also like being with people and if every day this is the thing I'm very good at recognizing what I do and don't like I'm getting much better at it like it's been a thing of practice and so I realize I like a job where I'm either with a group of people or I'm working with people one-on-one in like a very deep sense I guess because when I was working with my home visits driving to people's houses there were elderly people that didn't really want me there we weren't connecting So I wasn't getting that sense of human connection and interaction. Whereas when I had this realization about I'm actually so passionate about mindset, I spent all of my time doing self-improvement work in every area, podcast, reading, journaling, mindfulness. I always look after my body because I know it looks after my mental health. Like my whole life is around self-improvement. Can I turn that into a job? Yes, that would be coaching push that down and then brought it back up. I think I've definitely spoken about this in other episodes, but having that realization that coaching would actually be that sweet spot of it's something that I'm passionate about and I'm interested in. I also had a sneaking suspicion. It's something that I would be good at because I'm good at like reading people, listening to people and helping them like problem solve. Like I have a very rational, logical brain for that kind of thing. And I realized I could do all of that and then still connect with people. So even though it might be over Zoom, it might be just one-on-one, I was still getting that sense of connection that I needed. So yes, I'm not working in a big team environment, but I'm still getting that one-on-one connection and like a really deep sense of 
like that human relationships like we need that so I'm still getting that from doing coaching and it's funny just saying it because I haven't fully given up on the idea of doing both physio and coaching but talking about it like I know where my true passion lies but the quarter life crisis like the scariest part of it and this is like I'm still in the trenches with it so don't get me wrong is that I'm not ready to give up that thing that I've spent years working on to do something that I have no guarantee would work and that's what's so enticing about following this pathway that society sets out for us is that it's a guaranteed success right there are clear defined jobs when you pursue something that's your own passion it might happen to be something that you need to set up as your own business and that's fucking terrifying speaking from experience here because there is no guarantee with business and not everyone wants to be a business owner. I recognize that. If you want to do, say, for example, coaching, you could definitely go and work for someone else. You don't have to set it up on your own. But there's still that uncertainty stepping into a career that you're not sure that because you're doing something that's probably more unique to you. And that's the thing that I'm trying to get all my thoughts down into one podcast episode is that if you can find that thing that you're uniquely good at and you're passionate about, then you can contribute in a way that's unique and impactful and purposeful. But you need to ask yourself some good questions. So if you want to deal with your quarter life crisis, I'm going to read some questions to you that I just wrote down before this episode that I want you to ask yourself because these are the questions that I asked myself and they helped me to realize what I wanted to do. And I'm still coming to terms with like really letting go of what I was going to do and really leaping into this fully because it's really, really scary. Like I'm not going to lie and pretend that, yeah, I got this all figured out. Like I'm so torn between the two and like I've got written down here on my goals, like, oh, maybe I'll work three days physio and two days with the coaching because it's given me that fail safe of if it fails, well, I've still got that backup. But that's okay to be struggling with, making a full leap but you need to know what direction that leap would be if you want to take it so for me it took a while to even realize what that was because I have spoken about this I know I've spoken about this but having this realization in like the fourth year of uni or third year no fourth year of uni and then being like oh I want to be a mindset coach but I've just done three and a half years of uni so I'm not going to do anything with that idea because that's ridiculous I would have just wasted three and a half years so I pushed that away and now that I am actually pursuing it because I'm like well oh it does still meet everything that I need in terms of I love it passionate about it think I'm good at it and you know it lights me up it meets all of those things and it's work like I can get paid for doing it that's kind of the most important part that you can actually turn it into work like there's no point so basically I may as well just read you the questions but I just remember there being this like a YouTube video I watched about this where you want to have the four sweet spots like it's all good to have something maybe that you're passionate about and you do for free but you also need to have something that you get paid for but if you can tie them all together it's fine to have them be separate but if you can find this sweet spot where It's something that you're passionate about, something that you're good at, something you can get paid for and like something that you enjoy, like do it. Like if you can find that out and I'm going to read you these questions 
I want you to write them down if you've got somewhere to write them down because this will help you give you insight. And maybe if you're one of the lucky ones, you'll have picked a career that you actually really enjoy, like you're passionate about it and would do it regardless of if it was work or not. But if it's not something you would do unless you're getting paid for, then maybe you need to reevaluate. Because my biggest realization was what do I do in my spare time? So that's your question. What do I do in my spare time? Because my answer was not physio. Let me tell you that. (laughs) Unfortunately, I wasn't doing all the physio research that I know some other physios would be doing. I was doing self-improvement work instead. And then next question, what am I passionate about? Okay, so what do you love? What lights your soul on fire when you talk about it what gets you going what could you talk about like this like in a podcast format like ongoing like if someone asks you a question what could you ramble on about really passionately and have all the information be like really knowledgeable about and just love so question is what am I passionate about the next question is what do I enjoy so the passion's slightly different because when you ask yourself what do I enjoy it's like what do you like doing? What do you have fun doing? What do you enjoy? Is there any activities or hobbies? Again, it kind of comes back to what do I do in my spare time? But just think about it. it doesn't have to be just what do you do in your spare time. What do you enjoy? What things do you like? What are you interested in? So what do I enjoy? So with those three answers, what do I do in my spare time? What am I passionate about? And what do I enjoy? I then want you to ask yourself, how can I use this to contribute? Is there a way to monetize it? Because now we're finally coming back full circle. It's not a bad thing to want to monetize it, right? We all have to make money. And if you can make money off of doing it, off something that you enjoy, then you create a life that you love. You can do all those things that you want to do which then meets all your values and needs. So then you feel even more content. Then you are even got a fuller cup to then give back and impact more. And the best thing about this is when you're doing something that you enjoy, you're passionate about and you would do it even if you weren't getting paid, hence the spare time, then it's more impactful, more purposeful and you're going to enjoy it more. You'll want to do it without getting paid. Like when I have a coaching call, I would do that without getting paid, 100%. But the bonus is, you can get paid for it and then you can have a bigger impact because then you reinvest that money in yourself, in anything that you want and then you have a bigger impact. It just is that cycle. And so basically just a little reminder that it's not a bad thing to make money off of doing something that you love because I think that is the other thing, that stereotypical path is that, oh, you shouldn't get paid for doing what you love. If you love it, you should do it for free. Like, why would you charge if you do like if you enjoy doing it? It's almost like this payment is a reward for suffering, for punishing yourself and doing something you don't enjoy. Fuck that. <laughs> like, do something you love and get paid for it for God's sake. Like, there is so much you can do. And in this day and age, we can monetize so many things because we've got the platform to try and sell a product or a service. We can reach people that we wouldn't have been able to reach before, and there's less startup costs. 
So what do you do in your spare time? What do you love doing? Can you turn that into a way to make money? It doesn't have to become your main gig. Maybe your main gig already is the thing that you're passionate about. You love doing it. It meets all those criteria of like what you do in your spare time. Are you passionate about it? Do you enjoy it? Do you like reading and learning and doing things around that topic? If your current job answer is a no, like say you're an accountant or a lawyer or I don't know, something, and you're like, I am was interested in that, like that's fine, but are you passionate about it? Because for me, I'm interested in health and fitness and I'm passionate about helping people, but physio as a whole, it just doesn't quite hit the nail on the head of spare time, passionate and enjoy. Like I don't do physio in my spare time. So ask yourself that. You can still enjoy your job, but is there something you could enjoy a little bit more? Because we're probably going to be working a lot longer than the past generation. So you may as well find something that you enjoy doing. So you can do it for as long as you want and give yourself that power to have a life that you love. Maybe make a bit more money because you'll be willing to work a bit harder, put in a bit more time and effort, or maybe it's just more profitable so that you don't have to work harder. You don't have to put in more time and effort and you can still make more money. Do you see what I'm saying? (laughs) It's just question the status quo. Don't just do what's laid out for you. If it's not lighting your soul on fire, like you will know if it's something that you love. It's like that little sweet spot. I think there's a little Japanese word called like, I don't know how to say it, but ikiba, I-K-I-B-A. And you want to find it because it's a sweet spot. And it's kind of what I was saying about like enjoy, contribute, good at, and one other thing. Sorry, my little puppy's just making noise. He's not little. He's a big dog. But anyways, I want you to think about that. What makes all those little sweet spots for things that you need to make you happy? Because that's the most important thing. Or, well, one of the most important things. If you can find your own happiness, you can give more. You can have more of an impact. And that was my takeaway. So I just wanted to share that with you. Hopefully it resonates, maybe gives you a new insight, a different way to think about your own life and where you're at. Maybe it's made you question some things or maybe it's given you a new direction, some questions to work at. So remember those questions, if you haven't written them down, are what do I do in my spare time? What am I passionate about? What do I enjoy? And how can I use this to contribute? Or how can I monetize it? So think about that because it will be more impactful if you can find that sweet spot. So thank you guys for listening. As always, there'll be another episode in another couple of weeks. In the meantime, go over, head to my Instagram account. It's Michaela Campbell. Follow me over there. And if you want to do some coaching with me to implement any of the things that I talk about on this podcast and a little bit extra, you can always join me for my six-week Set Your Mind To It program. Just reach out to me on Instagram and we can do a free coaching call to get you started and see where you're at now and where you want to go. So let me know if that's something you're interested in. But otherwise, thanks for listening and I'll chat to you guys next week.